What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. Right, so before we get into this episode, I just want to clear something up about what Thanksgiving is and why it's celebrated. I think I know why. Is it because Americans were free from the British? Is that why you have Thanksgiving? I've no <laughs> idea what Canada celebrating, to be honest. No. <laughs> you're still under a monarchy, so yeah, I don't know what you're celebrating. Well, yeah, so there's Canadian Thanksgiving is what's coming up this week, not American Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's October. The day that we are recording this is October 8th. And so right before hitting the record button, I was talking about my weekend plans with my family for Thanksgiving and how I have multiple Thanksgiving events. And then Savannah was like, first of all, Rose, like, oh yeah, Canadian Thanksgiving is like a month earlier than American Thanksgiving. And we were about to explain why. And then Savannah was like, just comes in and is like, so what's about what Thanksgiving? Is it about uh, escaping the British or something? <laughs> so I was like, wait, 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 back, let's back up. So what is Thanksgiving? For us, it's just like a harvest thing. It's like in the fall. Oh, okay. You harvest your pumpkins and your cranberries and your apples and all the agricultural products and celebrate. You, you know, you give thanks to, I don't know, like nature or whatever. And it's like, yay, it's fall. Oh, that's cute. That's like kind of the like vibe in like Vancouver, at least. That's what we do for Thanksgiving. But the Americans have a different... Uh, I don't know, mythology, I guess, around Thanksgiving. Yeah, what Americans celebrating? So Thanksgiving is the day that we celebrate the fact that the Native Americans didn't let a bunch of religious nuts from Britain starve to death during the winter because they didn't know how to grow shit. Oh, so it was thanks to the British. We did have something to do with it. No, 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 no. So what happened is, wasn't it the pilgrims? They were like repressed in England, right? And so they were like fleeing religious persecution, I guess. Yeah, so they're basically religious nuts, like I said, right? So Okay, so it had something to do with the British then, basically. Vaguely tangentially related, but okay. Okay. So basically, they had arrived to the United States, but had no clue how to grow food here. Oh, okay. Yeah, what we commemorate as Thanksgiving is the Native Americans teaching the settlers how to harvest and grow food on American soil. Wow, I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that was why. Yeah. So things like corn and squash, these are native to North America, South America, actually, Central America, the Americas. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, potatoes and stuff like that. You know, then there's the whole Colombian exchange where different agricultural products were, you know, exchanged back and forth. So that was kind of like the beginning of that sharing of agricultural products. Because they would have starved. They had no idea how to till the land. That's actually super wholesome. No, because they turned around and slaughtered all of the Native Americans. So. Oh, Okay. It was actually horrible for the Native Americans, but... It was immediately followed up by, you know, all of the Native Americans dying of disease and war and famine. So it was kind of not a good vibe after that. It's now controversial to celebrate, at least with the traditional mythology. I think it's a federal holiday, but we still celebrate certain things like parting a turkey every year, where the president pardons a turkey from death, quote unquote. And turkeys also come from the Americas. That's another food that is like, uh, didn't exist in Eurasia like Afro-Eurasia before, you know, European contact in North America or the Americas. Yeah. So it's the ideas that we give thanks because the Native Americans didn't let those group of religious nuts starve to death, but maybe they should have. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, maybe they should have just let them die. Yeah, honestly. Oh, I mean, that's really interesting. I thought Thanksgiving was something completely different, but here endeth the lesson. That's what Thanksgiving means to me. 
Yeah, and at least in my family, we never, like, talked about any of the pilgrim or, like, Native American shit. It's all just like, oh, it's fall, and we have to harvest the wheat and everything. That's sweet. We have to harvest a bunch of stuff, and then we just have all this food, and we're just going to have a big party. That's, like, the whole, it's the agricultural. Yeah, they'd also go on to burn witches at the stake and persecute women for existing. So, yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah, the same... The same pilgrims did the Salem witch trials. Was it the guys with buckles on their hats who did the Salem witch trials? Hold on. Let me fact check myself because I completely don't want to misinform people. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it was like the Puritans. The Puritans and the pilgrims. They're basically, I think they're two different religious groups that came to the United States because they were being persecuted for their religious beliefs in England. So pilgrim was the popular term applied to the Mayflower passengers. Uh, something, something. The English people who settled in Plymouth in the 1620s. So anyways, we're going to do a Thanksgiving roast. <laughs> if you want to submit your roast disgrote stories or a Nazis or a queen shit, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy and submit your roast disgrote for our Thanksgiving roast because we will read it aloud. All roast, all the time, Thanksgiving. Okay, this episode topic is a topic that we frequently get from our male readers and male listeners that I assume is in good faith, even though we're still going to roast the fuck out of them. And it is a question of how (laughs) and why do women consider some men creepy and not others? What makes a man creepy? Like, what is the concept of creepy? What does that mean? Yeah, because there's a lot of guys that are mad clueless about this. And this is inspired by a Psychology Today article that we'll read in our bonus content this week on the Patreon. But also because of just like the frequency of this question, that whenever a man asks us a dating question, it seems to be constantly prefaced by, I want to tell her I like her, I want to do something. And I don't understand why women think I'm a creep. So listen up, Scroats. This is going to be a tough love roast about why you're a creep. It's going to be a multi-part <laughs> series, I think, about how to not be an educational roast to scrote. How to not be a creep. <laughs> how to not be a creep. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are certain behaviors, looks. And mannerisms. Yeah. <laughs> that just make you creepy. Mannerisms that make you come across like a creep to women. Let's just keep it a buck. So if you're doing any of these things, you're more than likely repelling women. Yeah. And you should stop. All right. So first item, poor sense of personal space. Yes. Every creepy man does not understand the appropriate amount of personal space from a woman's body to his body. You're constantly evading our personal space in inopportune times. Yeah, definitely. And it's sort of also, it isn't just about how you approach, it's also where. I mean, for me, for example, I used to, or I still get guys approaching me at the gym and even like he could look like Chris Hemsworth and I'll still think he's a creep purely because it's just not the right time. If I'm like clearly in the middle of, you know, a set of squats or deadlifts and I've got my headphones on, I clearly don't want to talk to anyone. If you then approach me at that time, I'll just think you're a creep and or you can't read basic social cues. Yeah. And another one is like, if you're alone with a woman, men need to be aware that like when a woman is alone with a man, she doesn't know, like, I don't know, in an elevator, you know, something like that. It's like, an enclosed space or, you know, just like, you know, just even being in the office or something and there's no one else there, right? She's going to be on high guard. She's going to be on high alert. Okay. So it's important as a man to not, you know, stay like 10 feet away at all times, honestly. Like this is more than social distancing. This is like, leave like a healthy amount of space. You can talk to her, but, you know, getting too close, it creates a sort of intimidating or threatening sort of vibe that women just feel like something, oh, is something bad going to happen kind of thing. And like the closer that you are to her, the more in danger she feels. So if you keep a, you know, a healthy personal space, 
she's going to feel more safe, more comfortable. Yes. Like there's some guys that I know they do that thing where they turn their whole body to you when you're talking to them and they lean so close to you that it does feel physically intimidating to women. Right. Now, I don't think they're all trying to be creepy. Maybe they're hard of hearing or maybe they're just like trying to indicate their interest. But like every single person that weirds people out always has a problem recognizing when some woman is not is uncomfortable with the amount of space that they've closed in the distance between them. So you'll notice this if women start to just take a step back and like, don't step forward. <laughs> yeah. If you approach a woman and she takes a step back, do not fucking step forward. Take a step back, actually. Actually create more space. Like if you take a step forward, she takes a step back. Take a half step back. Like just to be like, oh, like that'll be, you don't even have to say anything. Take two steps back. Take two or three steps back. Back the fuck up. Yeah, just in fact, turn turn around and just completely <laughs> I just away leave and leave. I the just room. leave. <laughs> this is also cultural. I found out. Oh, I wanted to say that too. Yeah, yeah. So I actually had a professor in college who was from Spain, and in Spain, the amount of distance between you and the speaker is actually much smaller than what's socially acceptable for the United States. The good news is, obviously, is everyone socially distancing for the most part. I, even the places where the mandate has been lifted. A lot of people are just doing it instinctively because now you realize like, oh, if I'm within six feet of anybody, I'm breathing in their germs. But <laughs> but just being aware of whatever appropriate amount of space is between you and the other person, especially a woman. And if you're not sure, watch other people who women don't consider creeps. And if you have to like quite literally measure it or at least eyeball it, then do it and then start practicing it. I definitely noticed that whenever I travel to other countries, like in Europe, for example, it's like the closer you get to the equator, the more close the men get. And it's weird to me. And because I'm Canadian, we're distant, northern, cold people. You know, we were social distancing before social distancing was required by the government. Uh, we did that voluntarily before COVID. So like the, the like Swedish people, Norwegians, Germans, they also are like more distant. They like to keep some personal space. So we kind of like understand each other on that level i guess they're not as friendly people from southern countries are way more friendly and i do like that but it's like yeah i don't want to smell your breath when i'm talking to you and like there have been times where i'll be talking to a guy and i take a step back and he seems to think that's weird like that's too far and he'll take a step forward and i'll take a step back he takes a step forward neither of us are even like aware of what's happening i'm just creating a space that feels normal to me for my culture and he's creating a space that feels normal for him and for his culture or whatever but it's like you know, I don't know. I, I think you should respect the boundary that's like more that creates more space, you know? Yeah, whatever is the more spacious option, take it. Especially if everyone thinks you're a creep. Next item on the list, resting creep face. <laughs> a lot of men don't know they have resting creep face. Oh my God. Resting creep face is a man who it's almost like the Jeffrey Dahmer look since he's been in the news lately where like they almost have like a slack jaw and a predatory, uncomfortable stare. So resting creep face is when a man is looking at you or his, the way his face is, is situated is, it's not giving you a lot. It's not giving, right? <laughs> emotionless? Yeah, quite literally emotionless. Or you'll notice a lot of these guys are, are literal mouth breathers, right? Close your fucking mouth. Close your fucking mouth, honest <laughs> to God. <laughs> I mean, not to be rude, but yeah, when you're breathing, <laughs> you have like clogged sinuses, it's worth going to a doctor to get allergy medication or something. <laughs> because if you just 
There's actually some evidence that this breathing posture makes you look more ugly. Like, there's this whole thing online with incels and, like, mewing and stuff. They're obsessed with making, like, they've been mouth breathers their whole lives, and that makes them have, like, recessed mid-face or whatever. It actually makes their face, like, look creepy, right? And you'll be more attractive if you breathe through your nose. Like, actually, dead ass. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why some people don't breathe through their nose. <laughs> You'll have to explain it to me if there's some kind of medical condition besides maybe allergies that like cause a person to not want to breathe through their nose. But, you know, if, even if you have to only like slightly crack your mouth, but like, <laughs> quite frankly, I have no idea why it's so creepy to women, but it is. I'm trying not to be mean, but that's an honest thing. Like if you're just sitting there with your mouth all open, I think it's like the germs, the combination of like the germs getting on them. You smell your breath more, the germs like spreading everywhere because you're breathing through your mouth. It just makes you look common and stupid, like honestly. (laughs) Yeah, it makes you look dopey if you're like looking at someone with a slack jaw, like a slack jawed yokel, literally. (laughs) So having resting creep face is something you can probably fix. I guess look up mewing online (laughs) about how to properly like close your mouth. Yeah. How to properly fucking breathe. That's the thing. If I look at a guy and he's breathing through his mouth, I just immediately have less confidence in him because it's like, how are you bad at breathing? That's like the most basic thing to function. (laughs) I just assume he's going to be bad at other things too. How are you so (laughs) bad at life that you can't even breathe properly? God. Breathing is 101, Scrotes. Breathing is fundamental. I just assume he's like way, way, way below me. Like his level is way beneath me if he can't even breathe right. God. That's why mouth breather is an insult. There's a reason why. It's because it creeps women out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the serial killer stare is up next. And this is basically, basically 99% of pictures on online dating or just pictures of men in general. Just the angle, just Oh, you can just imagine it on like a true crime documentary when they're saying, and this serial killer executed his wife and two kids in the basement. And that picture just comes up. I don't like to see the whites of his eyes all around his like iris, right? Like if you're just naturally bug-eyed, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that genetics be like that, but close your (laughs) eyelids a little bit, you know? (laughs) I mean, but it's also, it's also like the lack of smile. Close your eyelids. (laughs) Close your mouth. And slightly close your eyelids. (laughs) In fact, close your eyes completely. Don't even look at a woman. Just honestly, honestly, just give up. But it's also just like the, it's also the angle and the lack of smiling and the intense eye contact with the camera. I'm just thinking who takes that sort of picture and thinks I look good in that? You know, it's like almost taking a picture of like a passport photo. Like you always, I don't know, like I always have to try extra hard to get the right dimensions because I either I start laughing or smiling or do something that just doesn't give me like a straight dead ass face. But these men will just do it and just put it on a dating profile and just think that's attractive. I think it's because men think, oh, I'm doing like the hunter stare. Like I look like a hunter. Like they think that that makes them look more alpha <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, no, it just makes women feel in danger. No, you just uncomfortable. Meanwhile, all the hot guys are cheesing from ear to ear in their pictures. And it's always like the guys that probably need to show a little emotion to look more attractive. They're trying to give the C, the, what they call it, the smolder. They're trying to give the smolder. Yeah. Is it like Derek Zoolander, some of them? Yeah. They're trying to do Zoolander and it's giving John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> 
honest to God. <laughs> like, a lot of guys just don't know how to, like, move their face. Like, modeling is an actual skill because you have to, like, move your face and your facial expressions in, like, a very specific way, right? Like, people who say, like, oh, I'm not photogenic, it's just because you don't know how to take good pictures or, like, at the right angles or, like, oh, the corners of my lips should be up. Oh, I should tilt my eyebrows like this. Like, it's a whole thing, right? So, like, learn how to hold your face in a non-fucked up way. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just fix your fucking face. Why is this hard? <laughs> you can control it. Even if you're not genetically gifted. Here's the thing. Like, even if you're not, like, genetically attractive, you can at least, like, you know, you can control your facial expressions, right? <laughs> Learn to control your facial expressions, basically. Just look, <laughs> look <laughs> normal. So I think what it is, is that women respond to men who look like they have social skills with people and know how to respond in conversation. And so I feel like the people that have creep face, it looks like they don't talk to enough people. They look poorly socialized, like a feral cat. Yeah, they look poorly socialized. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Every creep, Google a video called Rapist Glasses. (laughs) I'll actually include in a link. It's by this comedian called John LaJoy. It's like a funny skit, but he does like the resting creep face perfectly, right? So it's basically a skit of him wearing these glasses, like wearing the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses and then giving the creep face that creeps women out. So if you look like that, fix it. Yeah. Like if you can intentionally make that a face, like if you can act in a way to like make that face and put it on, you can take it off if that's your normal face, right? So work on that. Exactly. Okay. Next point. Turning non-sexual conversations and situations sexual. This just screams, screams Kumar. Screams <laughs> Kumar. And that's just, yeah. I've, um, that point gave me like PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> and also, I feel like if guys who do this inappropriately, it's poor social skills because there are ways to not necessarily turn the relationship sexual, but to flirt in like a slightly inappropriate way but one doesn't overstep the mark if that makes sense and I think that guys who are familiar with women they'll know how to do it in quite almost like a tasteful way so yeah that's the thing again it comes back to like social skills because there's this like line right there's a sort of fine line I guess but there's some guys that go they go so past that line that they just become like boorish and uncouth and like you know, you'll just be having a completely normal conversation and they bring up something, I don't know. Tits. Almost like Tourette's. I better say tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like just, or like, you know, some kind of porn meme or whatever, right? So anyways, I was walking to the store. Ball tits! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. The guy that workplace sexual harassment training was made for. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like, It also comes down to like a lack of self-control, right? A lot of guys might, they have that sexual thought and they just blurt it out. Like more men need to like work on their prefrontal cortex, which is like the higher level thinking. (laughs) You need to like your lizard brain, your like primitive part of your brain is going to have thoughts like sex, vagina, horny, whatever, boners, like, I don't know, farts. Like, you're going to have lowbrow thoughts like that, right? Your prefrontal cortex, the thing that makes you, like, a human, you know, like, uniquely human, and you need to work on that and controlling those impulses. Because that's another thing. I find it really unattractive and weird and creepy when men lack self-control. You know, you have to control your base animal urges, like, to function in society. 
Yeah, so guys like this, they basically don't know how to flirt or to be funny, to be quite frank. Or that's just how they talk to men and they're just, they don't realize that that's not what women like. Yeah. I don't think a lot of men like it either, especially over a certain age. Like if they're in high school or junior high and they're just discovering it, but some guys are really doing this well into their 40s. And those are the men that everyone avoids at the office, right? And or they're a walking sexual harassment case waiting to happen. Yeah, like if you're 40, but you're mentally 14, like that's weird. There's something wrong with you. You need to grow up. Yeah, gonna creep women out. Yeah, it's the lack of maturity that's comes off. Exactly. Or like, this is why it's so off-putting when you're dating online, because so many men that you don't know try to immediately steer the conversation sexual, right? Yes, I swiped right on you because I think you're marginally attractive, but I don't know anything else about you. So it is like weird. What's your favorite sex position? You know, like... (laughs) Exactly. That guy is so thirsty. That's the other thing. It's so thirsty, right? So even if that person is moderately attractive, the thirstiness turns women off, right? Like, cause you look desperate. Yeah. And the worst is also when they'll say something like sexual and they'll put like a laughing emoji or LOL or like stuff like that. Cause again, aside from the fact that it's creepy, but it also, to me, it speaks of a lack of conviction because I know that you're not joking. So just like say it with your chest or don't say it at all. And because, and also when they put the LOL, they also know that they're coming across as creepy, but they're hoping to like soften the blow. That's actually a tactic that men, that pedophiles who groom children, that's what they use a lot of the time as well i also think a lot of guys who talk like this are just like porn sick like straight up and it's such a turnoff okay so next point the perv stare excessive porn use stare the coomer stare all of us know what the coomer stare is men think that they're slick men think that women can't tell that they spend all their waking time watching pornography but it is something that we can quite literally feel and it makes the hair stand up on the back of our neck. I don't know what that is. It's almost primal. I want to say it's because sometimes you can feel them undressing you with your eyes or like trying not to undress you with their eyes. It's like the incongruence between, you know, what they're feeling and then what they're talking to you as like for whatever reason, like it's just a sixth sense thing that a lot of women can pick up on. I mean, women know when a guy's like interested in them, right? And like, it's one thing to be like, to have a crush or something. But when the guy's like, yeah, looking you up and down and you just know he's mentally undressing you, it just makes me, I don't know, it just makes me not want him to be able to see me. Yeah. And also because I'm quite busty, I've ex- like, I've experienced this quite a bit in that they will just openly just like stare at my cleavage and tits like and then it's almost like they're talking to my boobs and not me as a person as well they'll just like stop addressing my face it's really disgusting what weirds me out is when a man is talking to me and it's like his eyes are really shifty a lot of coomer guys have shifty (laughs) eyes right you know what i mean shifty eyes shifty eyes (laughs) you know what i'm talking about like they're talking to you and their eyes are shifting and it's almost like because they want to look at your tits, but like they know they're not supposed to. So they're like, tits, look at your face, tits, look at your face. Like they're bouncing their eyes. <laughs> yeah, shifty eyes, yeah. Have you ever seen those guys? There's, <laughs> there's a teacher that was known for doing that in high school. Who <laughs> would like, he would be like staring at your tits and at your face, but you could tell like he would be like, stare at her face, stare at her face. He's like mentally telling himself not to look at your tits constantly. Is that mental struggle? (laughs) Oh my God. We can tell that. Should I be a pedophile? Should I not? Right. (laughs) 
So a lot of men who watch a lot of porn, it's just like something happens with their brain such that the way that they interact with real people and real women just gets short circuited. It's like you can almost feel the objectification and the energy behind that objectification and the fact that they're going to go furiously masturbate. It's just so repulsive. So cut down on your porn use is the advice there. Like obviously cut it out completely is our advice and just learn to interact with women as human beings. Porn is not bringing you anything to your life. It's just making you a creep and bad at sex. And we also need to, I think, like, men also need to expand on their definition of porn. It's not just videos on Pornhub or X videos. It's also images or if you're looking at images on either Reddit, like naked images or women who are scantily clad, that is also porn as well. And you'll still get the side effects of coomerism if you constantly consume that content. Or if you're watching quote unquote workout videos, but every single one is just like, you know, the thumbnails of a woman squatting, you know? Like you're staring at her ass squatting the entire time. Like that's, yeah. This episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Athletic Greens. If you're like me and you're too lazy to eat a salad every day, taking AG1 by Athletic Greens will get you the same benefit, but you don't have to wash or chop any veggies. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to ensure that I was getting a daily nutritional drink, providing a number of health benefits, such as an optimized immune system, increased energy, and better gut health. I drink my AG1 every morning after the gym and AG1 is my daily habit that makes it easy to absorb key nutrients, lead a healthy lifestyle and feel my best no matter what the day holds. One scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Add AG1 to your daily routine as a micro habit to make it easy to absorb key nutrients, lead a healthy lifestyle and feel your best every day no matter what the day holds. One scoop, one minute, once a day, every day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase of AG1. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash FDS. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash FDS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Next point, low emotional response. And that comes from men who have massively burnt out dopamine receptors because all they do, once again, is watch porn and play video games. They're fried. They're me- their brain is fried. And you can tell by talking to them. It is like they can't like have a normal conversation anymore because so much of their language is based on internet memes. And so like when they're trying to interact with a person, they don't know how to display real-time emotion with people. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like a fried brain in a fried pan. <laughs> yeah, it's like their brain's on drugs, except it's not. It's like Pornhub. <laughs> it's not drugs, it's Pornhub, right. I mean, it acts like a drug in the brain. Like it has a similar effect. Yeah, it does. To point this out, there are some guys I know that have autism and so it's harder for them to make eye contact. But we're not talking about those guys, right? Because I feel like there's also a difference between not being able to make eye contact because you're struggling with like cognitive issues and then the guys that are doing it because they've burnt out their dopamine receptors. So I want to like assure the guys that are autistic that if you're not also a coomer, you're probably fine. <laughs> the coomerism is what's creeping women out. So men who literally like have autism, yeah, like if you are autistic and watch porn, you're doomed, okay? Like, the best thing you can do is to not watch porn. Be autistic about literally anything else. Like, honestly, some women think it's really cute when men talk passionately about different, like, niche hobbies that they're into, actually. Like, sometimes I find that amusing and adorable. So when men are talking about literally anything else and focused completely on that thing and not on 
me? Actually, I don't mind that. I kind of like that. So be normal. That's fine. (laughs) Yes. So I think part of it too is the emotional and physical incongruity behind their words and actions. Like your words and actions have to match. So that's really our next point is that a lot of men who come across creepy, their intentions don't match the energy. Their words don't match the energy or their intentions. They come across like, you know, a charlatan or a salesman or a con man to women, right? And that creeps women out. It's especially creepy when a guy, you know, say he says something like, oh, you know, let's meet for lunch to talk about business or something or like, oh, uh, let's meet up for such and such like hobby or something. But I know it's because he wants to hit on me. You know, like I almost would wish a guy would just ask me out for drinks or something if they try to ask me out for something else. But I know it's like, oh, you know, come to my house so that, you know, I need help moving furniture immediately. No, that when guys say shit like that, like, you know, don't talk to women or invite them to be places for other things when you have different intentions. Women can sense that and it just makes you seem like you're lying to them to get sex, which is creepy. Yeah, which does creep a lot of women out. Because like men think they're really slick, right? A lot of guys think like, oh, she's never going to know, especially when they like you, they're trying to get to know you and they're ignoring all of your other body language signals, but they're steadily trying to get you alone, right? Like that kind of energy. Especially alone under other pretenses, under false pretenses. Yeah, other under pretenses. Yeah, they're, women are like immediately thinking you're some kind of rapist. Next item, poor grooming. Like if you're flirting with a girl and you smell bad, you're a creep. It doesn't matter how hot you are. If you're dirty, fuck off. Like don't flirt with girls if you're dirty. How many episodes do we have to do on this topic, Scrotes? Wash your ass, bathe yourselves, trim your nails. Don't have jacked up nails. Brush your teeth. Jesus motherfucking Christ. As God is my witness, I shall not leave this earth without telling every single smelly man that he smells like ass and he needs to take a fucking shower. And also get clothes that fit as well. Like one thing I really find quite repelling and quite, that my sister and I take the piss out of it all the time, is when they have like plumber's cracks. (laughs) It's like, get clothes that fit or get a belt. Like, fuck's sake. Or get clothes that fit. Or when like men start sagging, like walking around with their boxes hanging out. Or like when they're standing up or sitting down and you can see like their ass crack. It's like, no. A lot of guys don't understand the difference between them and the next guy that is better with women. It's just their grooming habits. Yeah. Oh, and here's another thing. Guys, if you have like a physically demanding job, like let's say you're like, I don't know, a painter, like you work in construction or something or where you're sweating and you're dirty. And by the end of the day, you're just like covered in like mud or whatever, right? Go home, immediately shower, and then don't interact with women until you've showered, actually. Like some guys, like there have been a few times where like, I'll be talking to a guy and you know, oh, do you want to meet up for drinks after work or something? And I'm like, okay, if I'm like clean that day, I will just like go home straight after work. If I'm not, I will like go home, you know, clean myself up, shower, whatever, right? There have been times where I'll go on a date with a guy like 7pm. It's like long after our work days ended. I like went home after work, changed my outfit, showered, looked nice and stuff. And he was like a landscaper or a painter or something like that. And he was just like covered in mud and like just was like all the disgusting it's like you've had like three hours to go home you have a vehicle like you could have gone home and showered and cleaned yourself up and you just chose not to so disrespectful as well so disrespectful it's the bare minimum and like i just feel wrong when i'm sitting across from a table like from a guy where and he looks filthy and i look cute it just makes me feel like it feels embarrassing everyone can see like your standards are shit (laughs) 
Yeah, that's exactly it. It feels embarrassing to be seen in public with him, right? So clean yourself up. Don't interact with women until you've cleaned yourself up, basically. Like, you'll be way more attractive to women because of that. And then also there's like, and, you know, body odour, it can be negative, but also guys who their cologne, you can literally smell them from down the street. Nah, that's a narcissist as well. Like, yeah, don't overdo it. Women are sensitive to smell. This is a thing that's part of our attraction. I don't think it's studied enough or respected enough that sensory... Women are superior sensors, including sense of smell. Yeah, sense of smell is is one of the most important attraction triggers. So if you smell bad, then you're going to repulse women and they're going to keep walking away from you. You're basically going to be like SpongeBob trying to figure out why people don't want to hang out with you. And assuming it's because you're ugly. That's the funny thing about that's the funny thing about a lot of creeps is like sometimes they're like SpongeBob where it's like it's really like one or two things that nobody has told them yet. Like, man, your breast smells or man, uh, your grooming's really poor. So they're walking around like, am I horribly ugly? And I have the horrible ugliness. I'm repelling everyone in my path. But it's really just like them not putting enough effort into their grooming. So really, really like really focus on that. And if you're still creeping out women after that, then listen up to the rest of this episode and the ones before. Oh, also wash your ass. Cause that's the other thing. A lot of guys like they either don't wipe or they've just got a really hairy butt crack or whatever. And like, they just don't really like clean back there. And it's like, if you don't wash your ass, we can smell it. If you're walking around literally smelling like poop. No, like <laughs> immediately. No, <laughs> we can tell. You need to get like a proper sponge as well. Like I know some men, such people, they use flannels and it's like narcissist. Like my mom got me this, like, I call it like a string vest, like from Nigeria. And I was like, the first time I used it, she was like, no, no, use a sponge. It's better. I was like, no, no. Like, but the first time I used it, I shit you not. Bearing in mind, I do shower at least once a day. The water was black and I moved from like a normal sponge to that sponge like you need to get a proper sponge that actually gets rid of the dead skin cells and not just pushes it around a lot of the sponges that are sold like and the flannels they don't actually get the dead skin cells off your body which is what you want so you're not clean you're just pushing the dirt around you need to scrub your skin like i use this like glove in the shower that like exfoliates your skin slightly yes i know the glove you talk about yeah men need that too but you need something with a bit of I don't know, like, what do you call it? With a bit of, like, grizzle scratch to it. You can get a loofah, you can get a body brush, you can get a salt scrub. But these flannels are not cleaning shit. Like, they're not, yeah, they're not fit for purpose if you want to be clean. And get a wash rag and moisten that shit up, put some soap on it, and really get in that ass crack, homie. Yeah, just... (laughs) Every day! Every day! (laughs) Every time you take a shit, it should be spotless after, okay? Not every day, multiple times a day. It should be spotless, yeah. (laughs) Make sure that asshole is whistle clean. (laughs) Oh my god, okay. Next point, odd bodily functions. These ones I feel a little bit bad for because I know guys can't always help, but the guys that have like excessive sweaty palms... The, the ones that, like, you know what I mean? He, like, touches something and it leaves a handprint. <laughs> yeah. They have IBS, so then, like, their stomach's constantly making noises. This is one of those times where it's where I know, I feel a little bit bad about this one, but it's true. Like, it just unfortunately does turn a lot of people off. Like, it's not a problem if, you know, if you're just trying to be a, a casual acquaintance coworker, but if you're trying to attract a woman, like, you should definitely go try to see a doctor and figure out what's happening. Like, the sweaty palms might be fine as long as you're not like, you know, sweating through your shirt like every day. But even if you are, you know, once again, it's probably better to get checked out by a doctor and get it taken care of. 
yeah, is it a hormonal issue or like what is, you know, what is going on? Like you're not wearing deodorant. If you're sweating through your shirt every day, you know, maybe, I don't know, is it a temperature thing? Like maybe you're too hot. Like it just. Yeah. And if you have like constant like fat, there's some guys that like part of it is just their terrible diet, right? So they eat terribly. So they're always out of breath. So they're always sweating, but then they have to go to the bathroom and they're constantly using the bathroom or their stomach's always making noises because they eat like shit. Like watch what you eat because your smell does come out of your pores, right? So like eat a healthy diet with like fruits and vegetables and protein. I mean, guys usually don't struggle to get protein, but like, I don't know. Try to avoid like having a, I don't know, guys that just eat like a fuck ton of garlic. Are there guys that just like, sometimes I smell a guy and I'm like, I can tell he eats a lot of garlic. But then again, I also eat garlic, but I don't, apparently don't smell bad. So I don't know. Some people are more, you know, they transmit the odors that they eat more than others. Maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's certain foods like that for people. For me, for whatever reason, it's shrimp. Maybe I don't, no one has ever told me I smell like shrimp, but like when I eat shrimp, I feel like I smell like shrimp. I don't know how to explain it. So maybe, you know, everyone's diet is different, right? How people's bodies respond to their diet is different. I think it's a good investment to go in and figure out what kind of foods you can eat tolerably and not, you know, create massive offensive odors to everyone around you. Eat things that smell good, that have nice terpenes in them, that hopefully that'll get into your sweat. You know, I don't know, eat more lavender, rosemary or something. I don't know. Maybe what if like you eat so much of certain things that you start to smell like that thing? Like what if the guy just, I want to smell amazing. So I'm just going to eat a ton of like rosemary and lavender. Women love that shit. Okay. I want to do a science experiment. Actually, there's any, anyone listening to this episode who's like a researcher of some kind. Can you please conduct a study where like about like eating foods with certain smells? Does that make you smell like that food? Is there any studies on that? I don't know. I, I, well, there's some things that definitely make your pee smell. Like asparagus makes it smell. Sulfur compounds, like asparagus, right? I mean, I have actually read that you do end up smelling, you know, like your diet. This is why if you're from a culture that eats quite aromatic foods like garlic, curry, ginger and stuff like that, you can actually start to smell like that. And also it gets like in the environment as well. So like when people come to visit my parents' house, they always say, oh my gosh, I can smell food all the time. If you're in that and you're eating that sort of food, it can come out in your pores as well. Like that's an actual thing. Mm, Okay, okay. In your sweat as well. Yeah. So what if men decide to like game the system by just like eating a fucked... Like I smelled a guy who had like rosemary or like pine kind of like smell, you know, that like fresh kind of smell. Like... If it's in his cologne, obviously, then that's one thing. But if that was actually just coming out of his pores, I feel like that would be a crazy attractive to me. Or like a lot of citrus, for example. <laughs> if you smell pine fresh. You smell pine fresh. smell like turpentine. <laughs> like. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> we need to run an experiment and have men like eat different diets so we can see which diet is most attractive to women. Because I've dated guys that, that do eat a lot of like fragrant foods. I don't know if it's just the diet that their problem is. I think it's the diet plus the lack of exercise plus the lack of grooming, right? So if you do come from a culture where you eat a lot of curry and stuff like that, I haven't noticed. If you have good hygiene, I don't have a, yeah, I've noticed a problem with that. Like, yeah, I haven't noticed it be like that big of a, a turnoff. So don't feel like, oh, I like, you know, you can't eat whatever your natural diet is. If, as long as it's healthy, obviously, but just if you're, not taking care of the other things, that's going to compound it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Next item, talking at women instead of to women. Mm-hmm. We all know this feeling of a man who's talking at you and not to you. What does it mean? It means he's got a script in his head and he's going off on a tangent. Either he's trying to attract you or he's just 
ranting about whatever's going on in his head that day because men love to go on these like self-righteous tangents. And he doesn't even stop to pause to breathe to talk to the woman to make sure you're actually having a conversational interaction rather than him just like plowing through whatever idea he has in his head. Yeah, this is a huge turnoff. And it also, yeah, it's like read the fucking room. Like there's been a few guys recently who will just like talk to me about something like, say, like crypto or I don't know, something finance or whatever. Like, and I'm just the sort of person I don't really want to talk about finances or money unless it's in the context of a man spending his money on me. But the rest of the time, I don't want to talk about money. But the guy will just be talking and talking and talking and like not picking up on the body language that I'm giving off, which is that I'm bored and I don't want to talk about this. And he's just treating me like a wall or like, you know, an inanimate object for him to just pour his rant into. Yeah. And it's not so bad if you're talking about it in a way that's exciting, right? Because sometimes people can get inspired if you're talking about something that you're really interested in. But I think what happens with a lot of these guys is that most of the time it's like, it's very ranty, preachy, mansplainy, right? Instead of like, oh, you know, if you're really passionate about something, I don't know what it is about the ranty guys, but it's rarely ever like, oh, I'm really into Marvel comics. And have you seen this? And have you seen that? It's always like, Marvel Comics is superior to DC and here's why, right? And then they just go off on this tangent that like makes women just like their eyes glaze over and they're like, okay, this guy's just going to spend another hour talking about some obsessive thing I already don't care about, but he's going to talk about it in a way that's hostile and boring, right? So that's actually a very important point because like the way that you talk about something that you're passionate about can really create a different vibe. And like, yeah, if a guy's talking about something he's passionate about in a way that's like, if he's framing it in a way of like, and here's why I should care about it too kind of thing, you know, that's better than like him just going off on a self-righteous rant and not cluing into, I could be like any person, you know, like he's not like, you know, he's treating women like a sort of NPC for him to just like talk at and not a real like human being. It's, It's not engaging. You know, like if he's talking about it in a way that's like making me give a shit, that's like more inspiring, that shows like an ability to like leadership potential. Yeah, exactly. Being a good leader is about like motivating and inspiring people. If he's like talking about it in a way that I find uninspiring, I'm like, oh, like scrub, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or this is what happens to the pickup artist guys and why so often they come across as creepy is because they generally have a script, right? And so you can see them almost running through the script in their head and then running roughshod over all of the context clues that women are giving them, right? Because communication is both verbal and nonverbal. And the men that are consistently rated as creepy always fail the nonverbal stuff. And they always fail to understand when their audience is not responding properly right? And sometimes they do pick it up. And then their response to that is to be hostile to the audience. Yes. Right. Generally, like women don't understand. That's even worse. And that makes it even more creepy. Yeah. I once actually had a housemate. He was like that. He would go off on the most boring tangents. And even when I was rolling my eyes, sighing, like not responding, he would just talk for like one or two hours, like just straight. And he could see I was not interested. I'm like, what the fuck? And no, but I want to talk about the guys that like lash out because that's actually sadly, I've experienced that a lot and it triggers me deeply where like a guy's talking about something I don't care about. I'm already bored. I'm already rolling my eyes, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, why aren't you paying attention? Why blah, blah, blah. Oh, you think that women don't understand? You know, like whatever. Right. And that just makes me feel like I'm in danger. That just like actively that I was already bored, unengaged. And that it goes from being bored to being like actively repelled. Yeah. 
But even like, I'm sure like his goose was cooked before then because he wants to date a guy who bores you to death or who is okay with not engaging you in conversation. Because it's not even about the fact that they're boring. It's just the fact that it's a clear disregard for your feelings, engagement and comfort. It's another thing as well. And I think that's the theme with a lot of these, you know, with a lot of these points that we're pointing out in terms of what makes men creepy is that it's not just the creepy act or creepy feature itself. It's also the things that it can represent that's like, that makes it worse, if that makes sense. Like, what does that say about him as a person and his character? Like, women are picking up on that. Yeah, if he's okay with you being bored, yeah. If he's okay with not engaging you in a conversation, yeah, it just really says a lot about, you know, how he views you as a person and how he expects you to fit into his life. And it's not positive picture either. Brings us to our next point. Men who are clueless about reading body language. Like I said before... Communication is both verbal and nonverbal, where men mess up every time and most often is their inability or unwillingness to pick up on nonverbal communication from women. And a lot of communication from women is nonverbal because verbally expressing how we feel is usually met with resistance and sometimes violence. I see a lot on the internet or on the manosphere, like, oh, women don't communicate to men and like, how are we supposed to know? And like, we are communicating to you, but it's nonverbal communication. And the reason why is because we're socially conditioned to for our own safety. Yeah. I actually find it really attractive when a man reads my body language and responds in an appropriate way. Like that's something mentally I'll be like plus one. Like he gets a point for that kind of thing. I'm going to tell you one of the best dates I ever went on. Unfortunately, there wasn't a ton of chemistry there. So we didn't end up being in a relationship, but I was nervous, right? I had actually gone out with a guy who was a firefighter. So he's a much, much taller, like really stacked gentleman, right? And I didn't know him and I went on a date with him and I was like texting my phone, making sure to text some of my friends to make sure, you know, they know where I am at all times. This is a new guy, right? And he's like, like not even just a new guy, but a large, strong guy <laughs> that I would be kind of scared of. But one of the things he texted me the next day and he was like, you know, I read something about, I could see you were kind of uncomfortable. It seemed at times during the date and I read about, he sent me an article and he's like, I read something about like a lot of times women being nervous on first dates and especially with guys they don't know. And like, he basically like affirmed how I was feeling. And I was like, wow, that's a guy who paid attention and adjusted himself to the fact that I, he could see I was a bit more physically uncomfortable with the date, right? So that is like emotional intelligence, adjusting like your expectations, like reading the nonverbal communication in addition to the verbal communication. Because again, I just met him, so I didn't want to tell him like, well, I'm just texting my friends to make sure you're not a serial killer. <laughs> right? Like, I didn't want to tip him off, but it looks like he learned and understood, right? Without too much prompting for me, but just like letting me know that he understood that. So I thought that was really, really disarming the way that he explained it to me. And something like that just goes such a long way when you're communicating with women. Yeah, like it's really attractive when men can read the room. That sort of thing shows emotional intelligence, which makes me trust him more. And so for another one would be like, you know, if I'm in a situation, like say I'm walking alone at night and there's a guy walking behind me, sometimes I'll like slow down a little bit on purpose because I want him to pass me. And then he passes me. And then like that made me feel less creeped out. That made me feel more safe. If he walks past me and keeps going, right? If I slow down and he slows down too to keep pace with me, that immediately sets off my fight or flight reflexes. I'm thinking like, holy shit, am I going to have to fucking fight this guy? Like, what am I, you know, I'm immediately in like feeling like I'm in danger, right? So just little things like that, like that show that men can do to show the women around them non-verbally that you know that maybe she's uncomfortable, but you don't want her to feel uncomfortable. That sort of thing will make a woman trust you a lot more. 
Yes. I can't overemphasize what Lilith just said. I think that's a perfect example, the one that you gave about when you're walking, that a lot of men who aren't creeps know that when women are slowing down because they want you to walk ahead of them, they know it, right? Whereas versus the creeps are like, and in fact, I've gotten, (laughs) a man actually yelled at me once, believe it or not, because I stopped in my tracks when he was trying to talk to me, like, and I opened up space between us. And it was just some random strange man. But I think he was offended because he felt like, oh, she doesn't want to talk to me. And actually, I want to say the flip side of that is it's actually very disarming when the guy notices that I'm uncomfortable and gives a sort of like, he like puts his hands up or something and step, takes a step back or offers some kind of like neutral body language or like non-threatening, non-intimidating kind of body language that like makes me trust him more. That makes me think, oh, okay, like he's going to create some space. He understands I might be uncomfortable and he's like making an effort to not be like that. Right. So don't take it personally. Don't be more threatening if a woman is making indications that she feels unsafe. It means that the guy like gets it right. It's always the predatory guys that like, think they're entitled to women's attention that get angry about it, right? The guys that are not predatory are the ones who like get it. Maybe they have like a wife, daughter, sister, whatever, right? Like they feel some like empathy or compassion for women. They don't want you to feel uncomfortable. It's the guys who are okay with women being uncomfortable. The ones that women get creeped out by. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Edgelord behavior. Men that just like to test boundaries just to test boundaries. Habitual line steppers. Creepy. Yeah, many can't take no for an answer. It's just, yeah, it's creepy. Especially if he is like, oh yeah, I'm just brutally honest. Or like, oh, I just have a dark sense of humor. Or like, if he just has a repellent personality, but he acts like that's everyone else's fault for not putting up with that, that's another, like, ew, immediate no. Women are just too sensitive these days. Like, that kind of shit? Fuck off. Sort of ties into hostile energy as well, I think. Yeah. So edgelord behavior, the type of behavior where they're constantly trying to test your boundaries. Women can sense that, right? A lot of men think that they're, they're slick and they're not, right? Like you're clearly trying to see like how much, most of the times it's abuse she'll tolerate or lies she'll tolerate. That kind of edgelord behavior starts to creep women out because once again, you're not interacting with women, you're interacting at women. Like you're treating them like a science experiment with a bunch of stimuli you're trying to throw at women to figure out if it works or that you can get your way generally repels women. And our final point, a general sense of hostileness, hostile energy. Some guys just walk around angry and I don't know, man, pray, find Jesus, go to an ashram, eat, pray, love, figure out a way to let that go. (laughs) Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Because that's another thing that tends to creep women out because like, obviously like angry men are violent men, right? So we can tell when your body's tense and you're just not like interacting in a positive way with the world. And it's very hard to explain to men who are like that because they think they're not creepy on, they're already defensive, right? They're already angry and they think they're not being creepy on the outside. Like I didn't even say nothing to you and I didn't even do anything. But like, it's like their entire countenance is so angry inside. It sets off women's fight or flight. I know guys like this. I know a lot of guys like this, actually, where there's guys like this in my family, where they just stomp around, they're slamming doors, they're like, you know, if they try to use a machine, and if it doesn't work immediately, they just throw it on the ground, like that kind of shit. I don't want to interact with men like that. I'm terrified of men like that, because you just think, oh, if I say one wrong thing, you know, say, for example, he's trying to use a tool, and it doesn't work, he throws it on the ground. I'm thinking, what if I interact with him, and I don't give him the answer that he wants, and he like, is violent with me or something? right? We're seeing what you're capable of doing to an inanimate object. And if you already think of women like objects, we think that you're capable of doing that to us. And that makes us want to avoid you. Exactly. It's very terrifying. A man who seems like he's on the brink of sanity or a brink of an explosive tantrum. 
yeah, like he's just having a bad day and he's looking for a reason to go off. Like, yeah, we avoid men like that. And so if, if guys are like storming around, like, why are women avoiding me? Why don't women talk to me? I'm just trying my conversation. Why won't they respond to me? Like that just, you know, chill the fuck out. Like this whole episode could be just summarized as like, don't have an aggressive, hostile or intimidating or threatening energy. Don't act like a predator. Act like a friend, like act friendly, <laughs> be appealing and fun to be around. It's that simple. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, just my quick fire as well. So other things that are creepy to me is text me for the sake of texting. So, you know, when they just text you and they've got nothing to say, I just feel like you're trying to monopolize my time. And actually the abusive relationships that I've been in, it always started that way. They would just text me for the sake of texting. Paying excessive compliments, especially when they're unwarranted. So saying I'm really amazing. I'm really smart or whatever. I mean, firstly, I know that's true already. I know that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I already know that. But secondly, I know it's disingenuous because you don't know me that well. And finally, talking about other women they've been with. I don't know how men think that that women are as if like we talk about like the men that we've been with and do like sex by referral. But it's really off-putting when a guy is talking about other women that he's like shagged or slept with almost in a way that is like, it's almost like an advert. Yeah, he comes across like a salesman, right? Like four out of five dentists agree. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And he's also like telling on himself because if it was that fantastic, then where are they? Like they wouldn't be your ex. Like they're your ex for a reason. So it's sort of like you're telling on yourself. Big dick energy is quiet, right? It's quiet confidence. Like the guys who were trying to convince him in like used car salesmen, small dick energy, gentlemen. And it's creepy. It's creepy and it's not attractive. So, Oh, I have one last thing, like sort of to add on to what Savannah was saying about the compliments thing. Like all this episode I've been saying, oh, these are things that men do to make me feel like they're not a danger to me. There are guys who almost take it too far where it's like they're putting so much of an effort to put me at ease that that puts me at dis-ease. Like, and one of them is like, yeah, empty flattery. I know because I use flattery on men all the time to like get them to do shit for me. And so I know that men do that to women too, of like using compliments and flattery and manipulation. Like, yeah, er basically like anything that's like an early red flag of emotional manipulation. That's another thing that sets me off. Yes. So don't do all the things we just mentioned and (laughs) don't do so much of them that you creep women out. Hope that was not confusing at all. Yeah. Just completely change who you are as a person from the inside and out. (laughs) Easy. Yes. Yeah. This is what it takes to get a woman. Okay. So we're trying to help you out here. Yeah, roll up your sleeves and get to work, lads. Yeah, get to work, scrotes. Okay, so that's the show. Check out our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com. Discuss this episode in our forum and our newly updated website. So check out the website updates and let us know what you think. Uh, Also, if you want to listen to weekly bonus content, we're going to talk about an article from Psychology Today about creepy men in our bonus content. Go to patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Check us out on Twitter at femdadstrat and our Instagram at underscore the female dating strategy. Thanks for listening, queens. And for all you lurking scrotes out there, stop lurking. It's creepy as fuck, bro. It's another thing that's creepy. Cut that shit out. Die mad. See y'all next week.